All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Dropping the Gloves. Get this out of the way. This episode's brought to you by Give Better Sports Gambling Partner. Go check them out, givebetter.com. They're a fantastic company. Enough of that. Let's get into the meat. We haven't had an interview in a while, Tim. You know why? Because I really don't want to talk to anybody. Because I don't like talking to players. But this guy I liked. It's the second time on the show. Recently acquired by the Pittsburgh Penguins. Ryan Graves, thank you for joining us, Ryan. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. If you're not watching on YouTube, I suggest you check it out. Ryan has a nice mood light in the background, a red <laughs> red lamp. Very interesting lighting in that hotel, Ryan. I love it. Yeah, this. Uh, I mean, it's actually not a bad hotel, but that lamp is not doing it justice. It's. I, I, I can just imagine there's a tub in the corner, heart-shaped. It's just, it sets the vibe very nicely for us here. But hey, Tim's here. Hi, Tim. Thank you for joining us. Thank you, John. Good to see you. So the last time we talked, Ryan Graves, you had just been traded to, to the New Jersey Devils. You were fresh off of Colorado. You hadn't even gone to New Jersey just yet, I believe. Yeah, probably not. Fast, a while ago now. fast forward a couple years, you're with the Pittsburgh Penguins. Can let's just walk through that transition. How was New Jersey? First of all, how did it go there? High end talent. You were excited to go. Yeah, it was a cool spot. Um, that's uh, if you're gonna play for one of those Metro teams. Um, I would never have said this before playing there, but I think Jersey might be your spot if you're gonna do Rangers or Islanders. It's a it's an underrated spot. Um, I mean, obviously, I had a good experience. We had a good team. Uh, well, we really struggled my first year there, though. But um, kind of cool to be part of a team that really turns it around from what we finished, like, third last. And we were just – it was a, it was a bad year. And then we yeah. just really turned it around with a very similar roster um, the next year. And we were really good. We were a fun team, um, like a dynamic rush team that scores a lot of goals, things like that. It was fun. Um, but you, it's cool. Like, you live – 20 minutes from New York City, you, you can be in there and you can go in for dinner whenever you want. Uh, like you can pop in for the day, you can pop in for a coffee if you want. It's like, um, it's really close. So it's, but then when you leave, you're not in New York City, you know? Yeah. So um, that part was nice. It was cool. You can, um, you can live in a house, you can live in an apartment, whatever you want. Um, so it, it's a cool spot to play. Um, it was a good experience for me. It was a, it was a growing experience. I don't think that um, I'd be the player I am now if I hadn't been there. Um, we had two different staffs there. The, 
the second staff was um, was really good for me. There was a D coach there that was um, he was uh, he was a good guy. He was he was hard on players, but he helped me grow my game. And I think it um, obviously a year that's when you're going to be a free agent. There's a lot of stress and things like that. So I think he helps you put on the back burner. And um, overall, it was a good experience. And um, honestly, it's a, it's a cool spot to play. Who was the D coach there? Because Lindy Ruff was the second coach, correct? He came in. Yeah, it was Ryan McGill. He was in Vegas before. Okay. Uh, He's uh, he's a character, but um, he he really does get the best of his players. Well, how did he help your game? Because you're not exactly you mentioned a high octane offense the New Jersey Devils had. You're you're six foot six, two hundred twenty, so that usually doesn't equate to high octane offenses. So how does he help you be the best Honestly, player? He was more um, help me on the defensive side of things. Just um, like I've always thought of myself as defensively sound, but he improved things like my stick and uh, the way we killed penalties. Um, attention to detail, things like that. Um, and he goes about it in a different way. He could be hard on guys, but um, I'm someone that kind of likes that. So it was a good fit for me. As a tall D man, I was one myself before I switched to forward because I was just too, I was too offensive to keep back there. Um, I always got triangled where guy was, would just slide the puck between my skates and my stick. It was a huge issue for me. How do you defend that? Because you're a massive human, and guys are way better when I played. Are they constantly trying to go through your legs and sticks and get in on your hands a little bit? I don't know. I think that um, like the stick is such an advantage for me. Um, obviously, I, like as a big guy, you're not always the fastest skater on the ice unless you're yeah. Victor Hedman or someone like that. But um, for me, it's just um, I've really worked at it the f- past few years, just trying to uh, have good stick on puck, and it really is an advantage. You can. You can cover space so quickly and um, you can take away um, time and space from good players. And um, I know there's a lot of talk about physicality and things like that, but um, a good stick is really hard to play against. It's always in in guys way. And um, it's really hard to be overly physical now. Guys are so shifty and so good. and um, The game is so fast that it's really hard. So um, if you can disrupt plays and, and just have your like a long stick that just takes away time and space, it's really frustrating for, for top players. You're better than I am because I couldn't figure it out. I always just tried to hit guys. So <laughs> I just get penalties left and right. So last year, you guys had Stanley Cup aspirations. You, you go out, you get Timo Meyer. You were everybody's trendy pick. You got Jack Hughes. You get Luke Hughes at the end of the season. Everything's clicking. Is it too soon to talk about what happened in the playoffs? Or do you want to just talk no, about it? No, it was tough. Yeah. Um, honestly, like – we had we had aspirations ourselves to to make a playoff run, um, but at the same time, like the playoffs are really tough, and teams are teams are so good. And um, like when you think about it, like the regular season, there's 32 teams, and you're winning on a nightly basis because you're playing 32 teams. But once you get to the second round, there's only eight teams left, and that's your top eight teams. We were in a good division, and um, we played a team in Carolina that I thought could have won it. Um, obviously, the the wheels kind of came off for them against Florida, but um, it, that's that's what they played, right? Florida. They did, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, I don't know. That Ranger series was something that I'll remember forever. That was cool. The um, the the hatred between fan bases was honestly something so cool to be a part of. And um, you get into it as a player, and um, just the the difference between Jersey and New York, and the rivalry that is just there of New Yorkers and and Jersey people, and um, how a lot of the New Yorkers are trying to kind of overtake the, the arena in Jersey. There's a lot of blue in the rank. And um, as the series went along, um, it turned more red and our fans got into it. Um, that was a fun series. And then 
we kind of thought we were rolling from there. And obviously Carolina was like the, the perfect beast that we couldn't handle. Their forecheck was so good. And um, we weren't uh, like a heavy team. We were kind of like a rush and um, yeah. skill and, and possession team. And they really took that away from us. They Honestly, it was, I don't think it was as much if we didn't play well as much as Carolina just really played well. And they're so hard to play against. And um, they, they really took it to us. I scratch my head when I look at their roster because they have good players, right? Like they, they're a good team top to bottom. They, yeah, they, they don't have the high end talent that most teams have. So is it, are they just well coached and disciplined? I think it's a combo of everything. Like um, they're very, obviously very well coached and, the way they play that up-tempo game and everyone buys into it, I think they pick their players of who they know will fit into their system. And uh, they're relentless. And they have that that stall line that's so good defensively. It yeah. shuts down um, top lines. Then that Ajo line is uh, – they're very skilled. Like that, that line is as good as most first lines in the league, and you just don't see it as much because they don't play a, a rush-style game. But um, they do have some offense there, and they and – they, and they have Shashkov and people like that that really fit their system and that are skilled but play within their system. So um, they're they're a tough team to play against. They have good D that are that are mobile and and really take time and space away from from good players. So it was like they're a good team and um, obviously it's a good division. So uh, it's tough to it's tough to win. Oh, it's an incredible division. So you you lose out unfortunately to Carolina and you're UFA. First time in your life, you're a free agent. You can go anywhere you want. Some would say the best D-man on the market. I said it a lot. Yeah, I definitely agree with you. Yeah, I said it quite a bit. I said, he's the, he's the bell of the ball. You, you want to take a run at Ryan Graves. Was it a lot of GMs calling? Was it overwhelming, the amount of calls you were getting July 1st? I mean, it's a stressful situation. Um, you never know. Like, I, just because a team might like you doesn't mean they have space for you. So it's a weird yeah. situation where um, I'm sure there's a lot of teams, and, and I got that a lot, that it's like we like the player, but if we don't have cap space or uh, we have two lefties because you're not going to spend like top four money on a defenseman that's not going to play in your top four. So if you have two top yeah. four left-handed defensemen that you already have, you don't need a third one. Um, so there's only a certain – there's only – handful of teams that even really have the space for you so then after that it's just kind of finding a fit um but obviously it's stressful you you know there's other d-men out there and there's there's cheaper options there's more expensive options so you never know whether um where they're gonna go and um you're just kind of hoping that someone takes a liking to you and um i was lucky enough there were a few teams that um kind of came down on the end and i could make a choice which was um which was nice and uh, obviously i was very stressed about it going into it because it's it's a big time for a player. You you want to pick the right spot. You you commit to a city for for six years. You know you got to be able to be happy with it and you got to like it. And you you don't want to go into a bad situation either. So uh, honestly, when the way it worked out, I was, honestly it was perfect. Yeah, I was just thinking that because I I was I don't want to keep talking about myself, but I was a one year at a time guy. I I didn't have the luxury to go. Okay, there's seven teams. Pick and choose. Yeah, that's hard. How much did winning play a factor in this? Because Pittsburgh's the perennial winner. They're in it every single year. Did you have teams kicking the tires that you went, yeah, you know, I don't like where they're projecting in the next four or five years? Uh, a little bit. Like, honestly, not like I didn't really have teams that were, um, like a lot of those teams that are down the bottom that are rebuilding. Yeah. They're not going after free agents. So um, there wasn't a ton of that, but there's definitely, you got to think about fit and lifestyle and things like that. 
Um, one thing for me going into it was if I could stay on the East Coast, I wanted to do that. Um, I'm from the East Coast and yeah. um, families out there and stuff. And then I played in Colorado for four years. And um, as much as I loved it there, the time change is tough. You like you're seven o'clock, you're just finishing dinner and all your friends and family are already asleep right. for the night. So it's kind of hard to, it's hard to keep touch. And um, my partner, Claire goes back and forth a lot. So it was good for her. You got There's a lot that goes into it besides just the hockey, but obviously the hockey is the biggest part of it. And um, it was a good fit for me. I, I, they had a hole in their top four with Dumoulin leaving. Um, I liked uh, Dubas and I've heard great things about him before. And um, it's been confirmed since coming in that, um, that he is, a, he's a good person and, um, I know things maybe um, he had a Toronto fans are a little hard on him, but um, honestly, he's a really nice guy. He cares about the human aspect. And um, I think Sally here cares about the human aspect as well. And then um, obviously I was friends with Sid before and a chance to play with Sid is obviously like, it's pretty cool. So when it comes down to it, it was almost a no brainer. Listen to him. He just casually throws that into him. Um, you know, obviously Sid and I were very close, very, very close. <laughs> Well, yeah. Airtimers, come on, we're all friends. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> I want to ask about that because you played against him many times, I'm sure. Now, what's it like being his teammate? Because guys talk about playing with Sid. It's the little things he does in the practices, before games. What's it like kind of watching him play every single day? Is yeah, he in the it's... room with you? Can we get him on? Yeah, no, we don't. He's not my roommate, unfortunately. Uh, yeah. But, uh, no, he honestly, he's a great guy. He's um, I've known the worth, work ethic for a few years now, just seeing him in the summer and the way he had. Um, the way that he goes about his craft, but um, to see him in season, the way that the way that he still loves the game, and um, he's not, you see some older guys that I mean, you'd know John that uh, towards when they're towards the end of their career, um, they start to they're, they're kind of last one to the rank, and they're like they've they've been around for a long time, so they're the first one off the ice, things like that. And um, he's got the energy of a twenty year old. He's on the ice early. He's um, joking around all the time. He just you can tell that he still loves it. Um, and obviously I think you get a greater appreciation for someone's game when you see them every day and the way that, um, how well-rounded his game actually is. You see the passing and you see all that kind of stuff. Like you've seen that for years, but, um, like you, you get a greater appreciation for how good he actually is and, and the way, the way he can shoot and things like that. It's just, um, it's impressive. And it's honestly, it's cool to, to be able to see it firsthand. So he has fun. He's not a robot. Like he, no, he, he's not. He's a great guy. Okay, because yeah, well, I, I just get that sense of of him not being fun. <laughs> no, he honestly he's a blast. He's uh, um, he he comes with the guys and we do things like he loves like team dinners, team functions, things like that. Like he he loves that. He loves loves shooting the breeze with the guys like on the in the back of the plane things um, things like that. He's always joking around. He's um, you can tell that he enjoys it. Yeah, so I, I won't ask you to rank them, but you played with such great players already between McKinnon, then Jack Hughes, then Crosby. Yeah. What are some of like the differences you've seen between them in terms of personality, mentality, approach to the game, things like that? Jeez, uh, that's a good question. Uh, I, I've been lucky to play with some of the best players in the game. Um, I've had a lot of good players. I've had good deep partners everywhere I've been, um, things like that. It's been, it's been super lucky, but... Um, Honestly, they're all really different. I think Nate kind of models himself after Sid, which is a lot of us Maritimers do. Um, just the impact he's had on us growing up, uh, how we've looked up to him for so many years. But um, Nate is like by far the most competitive person I've ever met in my life, and um, he's he's a great guy too. Um, the way he he's 
he's so competitive and he just wants to win and he wants nothing more than to win. And um, you have an appreciation for that and how good he is. He's, he's constantly trying to get better and he's not happy to be a top three player in the world. He doesn't really care about that. He just wants to win. And the way he plays, he's a, they, they play the game very differently. Nate's a, it's almost like a, a power forward, like the, the force that he has out there and the way he skates and he's hard to take the puck off of and he's so strong. And then um, Jack is like, one of the most skilled players I've ever seen in my life. The way he's so he's so small and the way he effortlessly moves around the ice and he's he just he's light on his feet. He's got great hands, but his vision is so good. And uh, I mean, what how many goals did he have last year? I don't know, probably like thirty or forty. 20, 10, he, his shots, his shots not his shots not hard. Like he comes down, he just picks good spots, and uh, he's another one that uh, like all these guys that are top players, they love the game. Jack loves it. He's always working at it. He's they watch other guys and they and they see things they do and they try to um, try to copy it and try to pick it up for their own game. Um, so the, the, how skilled Jack is is insane, and he's going to get better year after year as he gets older and stronger and um, a little bit um, just better as he gets older because he's still so young. And then obviously the way Talkboat said the, the hockey IQ, um, the way he the way he sees the game and um, how quick he processes things is just so impressive. Yeah. Yeah. So you've battled so these guys in practice. Malkin, we can throw him in there. Ranton in. Yeah. High in teams. Who's the best player? Who's the hardest guy to battle one on one in practice? Probably probably Nate. Like he's so strong and he's so quick that um I mean you guys see it. Like as soon as he gets half a step on his those first three strides. Yeah. And, no chance of catching him and he's uh, also like I said he's super competitive so the way he practices is pretty much what you see on TV and games too okay the best shot who had the best shot uh oof. um good question I know honestly you know who might have the best shot it might be Makar his shot is um is insane the way he just it's a little flick and his wrists are so hard one time was like he just kind of not a big windup. It's so accurate. It's it's heavy. He passed the puck like he passed the puck harder than anyone I've ever seen. <laughs> just every guy, it's obnoxious. It's the first thing the guys say when they see him when they see him practice is like when he sends you a. It's like a fifteen foot pass, and it is like you have to be ready to catch it because he and it's always on the tape. But he just snaps it so hard. You're like everything okay, Kale? What's going on? Yeah. <laughs> no, just... He doesn't even notice it. He's like just like casually, but it's so hard. And, just crisp every time. Did you guys play Chicago this year yet? I'm trying to think back. Yeah, they were our home opener. Or they were, yeah, they were our home opener, I think. Who has a better shot? Bedard can rip it pretty good. Bedard or Kale? Uh, I think Kale's harder, but Bedard has that long stick that he pulls yeah. it, pulls it like six feet when he shoots. So that's like it changes the angle. It's hard to defend. Goalies have trouble with it. It's it's tricky. It's, uh, it's tricky. Yeah, he's got, like it sticks longer than him. I think. So I, I like these little who's better. We got the best shot, Makar. Best passer. Because you played with the best passers in, in the NHL. Uh, probably Sid. Sid sees Sid? everything. Like he can just, like he sees everything on the ice. He can just touch it into an area or he just, the way he processes yeah. it and he can make it happen really quickly. Who controls the room better? Oh, Sid. The way Sid, Sid this whole organization is, is controlled by in a Sid. good way by Sid. Like the way he, <laughs> um, like, in a, in a good way, like yeah. just like the way he can talk to himself and um, the way he thinks about things and how professional he is about everything. 
it's everything is so organized here and it's been so, it's been so nice that like you have there's no there's no surprises on a day-to-day basis everything is um is planned out it's thought through everything is like that and it, it's top to bottom and i think sully's kind of like that too or he's regimented but um it also is like that and and it's something that players really like and appreciate so if, if you come in the room after practice and you just leave your skates on the floor sid's like ryan <laughs> no not so much like Pick that just um like there there would be no chance that anyone's late for anything around here like yeah. just um or there's no chance you didn't know you had a meeting or you didn't know that like the I don't know. Like they're they're not springing a meeting on you ten minutes before it happens. Like is the you, vibe you know the day before? Yeah, and things like that. Is it different you know, from like, New Jersey because you had all these young kids just starting out in their career, and then you come to Pittsburgh, you got Malkin, Latang, Crosby, who have been there for almost th- like twenty years. Yeah, it's so different. Everything and it's just different organizations and what you need. But Pittsburgh, every a lot of the guy we have, geez, like thirty or forty kids in the team, so everyone has families and things like that at home. So. There's planning that planning that goes into everything we do. So if there's going to be a a team function, there's a month notice so that way everyone can have babysitters and things That's like funny. that. Whereas, whereas Jersey, if we wanted to have a Christmas party, you could plan it five hours before because no one had any. We <laughs> we didn't have my first year there. We didn't have any kids in the team. We had no Jonathan way. Had, Jonathan Bernia had two kids or three kids, but um, he was hurt all year, so he was not really around that much. Crazy. And after that, we didn't have any kids. So then the next year, we signed like Plot and, and Halla and Smith and guys like that who had kids. But um, so that changed that dynamic a little bit, but still it was um, like, it's, just, it's polar opposites of, of that's crazy. Not, one's not better than the other. It's just that um, there was no real need to have anything planned before. And also it's a young captain in Jersey with Isher. Yeah. Um, so like he, he's kind of, he doesn't have kids. He's not married or anything like that. So um, he, wow, uh, that's like, wild. it's just the whole, just the vibe of the organization and what they need, but uh, very different. So I heard a rumor, and correct me if I'm wrong. After you signed, you demanded to play with Latang. You weren't going <laughs> to play with anybody else. You said, I, I'm the guy, and he's going to be my partner. Is that true? Is there any credence to that? No, I would have played with anybody. Um, anybody? Uh, the lefties on this team are um, pretty lucky. We've got Tanger and Carl. Uh, pretty cool. Um, to have both those guys, the way um, they're so skilled, and the, I mean, Pedersen and I, it's a, a pretty easy job. We just um, pass it over. <laughs> literally, just pass it over. Keep it in their hands as much as possible. I played with uh, a couple skilled guys in Chicago, and they they would tell me, "You go get the puck and get blown up, and I'll come and pick it up and make a good pass." Yeah, and it made it so easy. <laughs> is is it nice to know that you can just throw any kind of grenade over to Latang, and he'll just handle it and dish it off. And you got a pretty much a good chance of getting an assist. Yeah. Um, I, like, I mean, I, like I said earlier, uh, I've had the, been very fortunate of the guys that I've played with. How has um, that happened? I know it's crazy. Know, You're I'm, a fourth rounder. I've been insanely lucky um, everywhere. I've, like everywhere I've gone, like I had kale in Colorado and then I had Dougie for a year in Jersey. Then I had Marino and then now Tanger. So um, it's been crazy. The, um, the talent that I've been lucky enough to play with, but you kind of need, you need two diff- you need different styles. You need a guy yeah. that can um, play a little bit of a harder game and one guy that um, is ultra skilled and really feeds the offense. So um, no Tanger, it's like he break pucks out on his own. He's his transition game is really good. His his offensive, like the way he sees the ozone, things like that. But yeah, I'm just you're trying to get in his hands because 
he's going to do something better with it than I am, probably. And he's pretty feisty, too. He's got that mean streak to him. He, yeah, he is. He's, got a, he's very competitive. He buries guys. So what's going on in Pittsburgh? You started off okay, and then you've had a little bit of a, a lull. There's been, you know, not very consistent play. You mentioned you lost last night in overtime yeah. to Philly. <laughs> Philly, yeah, no, I, Ryan, what's going on? We're working at it. It's been we've been up and down all year. Um, I mean, I think we expected a little bit of it with a lot of new bodies okay. coming in um, and uh, like some some big changes. You bring in a guy like Carl and uh, like you've had a couple guys to our top six, things like that. Um, but there are changes that happen and there's an adjustment period. But I think that we've just struggled to put the a consistent um, game on the ice this year, and I don't have a reason for it. And we're working at it. We're not happy with it, but um, we still believe in this group, and we believe that um, it's early. we're gonna keep working. We're gonna. It's early. Like it's a quarter of the way. What like the standings are all like what six places, two points out of second place, something like that, or three three points out of second place. So um, we're not happy with how it's gone so far. We're still in the hunt. So um, I guess that's a silver lining in it. But um, no, we're not happy with how it's gone so far. We're gonna keep working at it. We're confident we're going to figure it out. And um, I think our group's good. Like, we've got a good team. We've got a lot of talent. Um, I know people think that we're old, but the guys that are old are our best players. Like, they're still the best players. So um, I don't think that's an issue at all. Yeah, so you join a new team, and that can be tough. Like, you obviously already knew Sid. Who are the other guys that you kind of instantly click with? Who do you spend your time with in the room or on the road? Honestly, it's one of those teams that um, – you, you kind of everyone is kind of like it's been different dinner crews all the time and um and things like that but the older guys are so good because they know what it's like so um my first week in town jeff carter's texting me saying like what are you doing for sunday football things like that and, um when we're in pittsburgh it's not like guys are doing a, a lot because like i said earlier everyone has families but um when we're on the road uh it's not groups of three or four going to dinner it's groups of eight or nine and um, they're making sure that no one's left out, things like that. But they really do um, run, run a clean ship around here, which is nice. It's been um, it's been enjoyable to be here. Everyone like you just I've been to dinner, I think, with someone different each time. Um, so you just like everyone gets to know each other. And I wouldn't say there's one one group that is stuck together. Um, yeah. And everyone is super friendly. And um, I don't know. It's just kind of been like that. Eight guys at dinner. Who pays? Yeah, like they do. They do big groups. I know. You, you, you don't. You don't hear that very often. No. But, Who's um, paying, Ryan? Because usually the check comes and one guy will step up with these vets. You would imagine. We've got a lot. Of, we've got a lot of guys that make a lot of money on this team. There's. Uh, I don't know. We whatever it is. We'll, I don't know. Sometimes you play for it. Sometimes you split it. You're uh, splitting checks, you, giving them eight credit cards. Come on, Ryan. No, if there's a group of six, sometimes you would. So throw six in, depending, or sometimes you'd play for it. Uh, I say we usually would play for it um, just to make it easier for the waiter, but yeah. uh, or the waitress. But I don't know, whatever it is. You're one of those guys who makes a lot of money now. You can't just <laughs> pawn it off. Like there's a I'm lot not of guys. It off. No, I don't mind my turn. Um, but uh, there's a lot of guys. Some guys in this team make more money than I do. So, which is bizarre. So we're we're friends with Alex Ndelkovich. How is he? Because oh, yeah. he he came in from Detroit and he bounced around to the AHL a little bit. He's having a pretty good season with you guys. How is he, how is little Alex doing this year? It's been great. I, I don't know what is, I, mean, I don't really follow stats, but every time he's played, he's been great. He was great last night in Philly. Uh, he's 
we again didn't have a great game and uh he he we gave him like three breakaways or something like that and a couple two-on-ones and um and he stopped all of them and unfortunately we we lost in overtime but he was the reason we got there like he's been great for us all year um it's good i've heard great things about him dougie hamilton who i'm friends with played with him in carolina and said great things about him so i knew coming in that he was a nice guy um and then it's been confirmed since beating him here but um good goalie is a hard worker um one of the best puck handlers as a goalie that i've seen um he uh, i mean God, he scored this year and when he, he went down in conditioning after he got hurt he scored in the american league um and then obviously we had jars do it the other night but um great puck handler which is great as a defenseman i was just going to say is it concerning that yari has the same amount of goals as you do i think it's like just, aside from Tanger and Carlson, I think he has more or the same as all of our defensemen and probably like at least four of our forwards. Is that an issue right now? <laughs> your goalies outscoring <laughs> half your team? No, I, I don't think so. No, no, no it's fine. <laughs> I mean, at this point in the year, I usually have one or two, so that's fine. I'm on pace. So I was looking, this is a hockey fight show. You're six foot six, four, five, five. You got beat up by Andrew Shaw in 2019. I don't think I got beat up by him. Ryan. It's because you fall at the end doesn't mean you lost the fight. He mauled you relentlessly after that, too. It was a bad look. What? Why don't you fight more? Let's just, is it just because there's no opportunities? You're, you're an Eastern kid. You're tough. That's what they do out East. Yeah. I don't know. We... I used to fight more. I used to fight in junior and things like that, but uh, it's just not a like a, it's not a huge part of the game anymore. Um, like if something happened, someone get hit or something, I would fight, but I would never just go and be like be like fighting tonight and square up the I don't know. Like um, I play hockey because I enjoy the hockey side of it. I I enjoy um, all right like, playing with hockey. I, I like the actual hockey part of it and. Um, I understand that's part of the game and I don't think it's something that should ever leave the game, but it's definitely becoming less and less. And, um, I don't know. It's just, um, a lot, the game is so fast now and it's tough to have guys that are on rosters that are solely there to fight. Um, so that's kind of taken a, a part of it. Um, because if you have those guys, then, um, you're kind of relishing playing against, you know what I mean? Like you, you, if you, if you can have a, a shift that's not against their top line, um, or a guy that you, is gonna like dangle you or beat you wide things like that um it's i mean obviously there's the physical aspect of it but um no it's just if this if like you said if the situation is there then i would fight i'm not scared to do it tim we got a clip that it says ryan graves calls out fighters calls them clip that clip that and that's going all over social media you're gonna get ran through the boards the rest of the season ryan Heads up. No. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's too funny. So I didn't mean it in the fact that you need to fight. I'm just surprised you're a big dude. You didn't you don't get challenged, but I guess it's a different game. It's, it's a different game. It doesn't happen that much anymore. Yeah. So I want to go to Malkin because I love playing against that guy. I thought he was, in my eyes, the most skilled guy on the Penguins when I played against him. He was just so passionate when he wanted to be. Is he a different cat? Because I feel like when we played against him, the one thing our coaches said was just don't poke the bear. Just leave him yeah. be. Do you see that switch he has when he just says, you know what? I'm taking over this game. Yeah, he does. He still has it. Um, he's so skilled and so strong. Um, 
he can dominate games. He dominated a game in Tampa the other night. Just um, he every once in a while, it'll just it's not so much a switch. Just sometimes you have good nights, sometimes you yeah, uh, your night. Uh, but he uh, he's I think he's kind of been second fiddle to Sid a lot of the time here. And um, but I mean, he won the heart one year, right? I mean, that's kind of yeah. Um, I don't know if you can really discount someone that's won the heart. Uh, he is. So skilled, so strong, and um, I mean, he looks the same as he did ten years ago. The way he plays, and um, he's got a good shot, and he's ultra competitive. So, um, no, he's. I mean, he's not. A, he's not a different cat. He's just. Uh, uh, I don't know. He's just. He's a. He's. He's a good guy. That. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. He's. Just, he is what he is. Like he's definitely. He is Gino. If it's the only way you can describe it, like he's. He's funny, and he loves like. He loves playing cards, things like that. He loves joking around, and uh, but uh, you, some games you're right, he gets cranky and he really turns it on. What do you 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 joined a team that you mentioned was older? They were in the same group as the Washington Capitals. Kind of people say they're past their prime. What are we doing here? Where do you see the shifting of strength in the Eastern Conference? Is it going up to New York with the Rangers and the Devils? Or do you see, because Washington's having a good year, you guys are having a good year, and you have some potential, you will get better. Tampa Bay's starting to come together there. They're an older team. Do you see it shifting, or is it still kind of the, the old dogs? I don't know. I don't know if it's shifting. It's just competitive. I yeah. think that um, like teams like New York, Jersey, they're good. They're young. Um, I mean, New York's not that young, I guess. Not Jersey's really. young. New yeah. York's not that young. Um, I don't know. I, I don't think it's shifting yet. I think Sid's as good as any of those top players in, in this division. Um, I think Geno's as good as any of them. I think Tanger's as good. Um, same with Carl. I mean, God, Carl won the Norris last year. Um, it's uh, I don't think it's shifting at all. I think that we just haven't quite figured out um, how to have the most amount of success yet, um, but it'll come for us. Um I don't know. Teams, young teams can struggle a little bit and older teams are the same way. We just, yeah, different ways, I guess. Um, so I know I definitely don't think it shifted yet. I mean, there'll be a time in, in a few years that maybe it does, but, um, right now, definitely not. Yeah. We had Derek step on, on the show earlier this year. And he said an older team just wants to get into the playoffs. They don't care what position they're in. So yeah, I feel like true. that's and, where you guys are at. I mean, especially in this, in this division, it's, yeah. if, like last year, we finished second in the division with Jersey. We played New York in the first round. It was a, I think they actually had better odds to win the cup than we did. Yeah. Uh, so it's, there's not like, it's not like you have that much of an advantage to finish first or like, and then the, the, the last wildcard team to get in in the, in the East went to the finals. Um, like the, the parody is, uh, is, is really good. Um, there's no, it's not going to be an easy, easy first round. There's no, um, there's no, I don't know. There's no team that you're coming into thinking, oh, I'm going to sweep this team. So, uh, yeah, we just want to get in. So the, the top of the East right now is the Bruins again. Are you surprised last year how they collapsed in the playoffs? Because they win the President's Trophy. They're supposed to cakewalk all the way to the Stanley Cup Finals. Do you blame Patrice Bergeron for coming back? Because they were up 3-1. to one. Do, you, do, <laughs> no. do, do guys talk about that? No, I've never heard that. Um, okay. I didn't even know that he, I guess I knew that watching, but I didn't even know that he um, missed games then came back. Uh, yeah, he started game five and they lost game five, six, and seven, and he was minus three. 
wondering. No, right? I, he's I, he's I, asking I, you the question, but he's talking to me right now because I'm a Bruins fan. <laughs> he's trying to get under my skin. Just I just so am trying know. to get a, a player's perspective on it because it seems a little strange that uh, he uh, talking to a few guys that were on that team last year. That team loved him. They would have never had it any other way. Um, and obviously, he's had a great career. Um, so they that he I think he was kind of the the core of that team and obviously it changes now that he's gone but um I don't know it's like I said it's a tough league to win and it's um they lost to Florida who then went on to beat the Leafs they like beat Carolina like they it's I don't know they they obviously didn't didn't have a great run against Vegas but um like they went all the way to the final so it's not yeah. like they lost to a team that got smoked in the next round by the Leafs or something like that sometimes the core's rotten though Ryan I don't think it is there. Uh, it's 0-3. All right. I just wanted to get your perspective because Tim always defends it, and I think he should have maybe waited till the second round. Um, you know the deal. Tim's got some quick hits. Ryan, I'm sure you got to get out and hang out with Sid and Gino and Carl and Tanger and all these cool guys, and I got to get back to my job. So quick hits, Tim. Yep. Fire away. Our listeners know they're brought to you by DoorDash. Use promo code NATION25 for 25% off and free delivery. Uh, first question, now that you've played a few years in both the East and the West, what are some of the major differences you see in terms of, like, the travel, the fans, the arena, on the ice? What are some of the major differences? I think the travel is the biggest difference. And it, it's a, the travel, I don't think it's talked about enough how the West is hard. Um, the, that central division of Colorado, Dallas, Winnipeg, it's a hard division. Every game is a two-hour flight. Um, the travel in Jersey was insanely easy. Like you've got you've got three teams that you bus to within an hour, um, and then you've got another three teams that are thirty-minute flight. So that it's it's understated how nice that is. That even when you play on the road, um, you're back in your own bed by midnight a lot. Um, but that being said, you're in and out a lot, whereas the West, you're gone for a week at a time, yeah. and then you're home for a week at a time, which is nice, um, whereas the East, you're because we always go the night before, so one game is two days always, so you're you're in and out a lot. So if there's you play every other day, like there's you're gone for probably four days a week, but your travel is nowhere near as taxing. Well, you- um, as far as play, I think it's pretty similar now. I think when they had that, it used to be the the gauntlet out in California when you'd go through Anaheim and to LA and San Jose. Um, but that's changed now. It's the same. So I think the league is uh, pretty even throughout the biggest difference is the travel. Will you do same day from Pittsburgh to Philly or New York, or will you leave the night before? The only team that I've ever done same day w- was the devils to Rangers. Yeah. Cause it was only 20 minutes yeah. um, from our rink to their rink. So. Next question. You've obviously played with a lot of great defensive partners, as we said already. Who, which one brought out the best in you, or has brought out the best in you so far? Um, I, for me, the I have to say, Kale. Um, I mean, that was like the turning point in my career for me. Um, I was kind of a guy that I mean, I played a lot of games in the American League. Uh, I played almost four full years there, and then I got called up, and um, they tried a bunch of like there was Ian Cole on that team, uh, Zadorov. Um, I think there's one uh, missing one more lefty, but they tried them with Kale and it didn't really work. Mm. Um, and then they gave me a shot and it, and it really clicked right away. Um, and that kind of playing with a guy like Kale forced me to get out of my comfort zone as I was always in, when I was in the American league, you, you, you've been there for years, your goal is to get called up and you think you're going to be a five, six defenseman and, and just try to hang around the league. Um, and that forced me to get out of my comfort zone because when you play with Kale, then all of a 
you obviously have to play with McKinnon, you play with Rantanen, um, you play with that line a lot. So it really forced me to to learn the offensive side of the game and to be able to, um, you don't want to be a hindrance. You've got those, you've got four of the team's best players in the ice and you've got one guy that um, is, you don't want to be ruined. You don't want to, you don't want to be a hitch in the offense. So you, it really helped me grow my game and I was able to, um, obviously I'm not the guy leading the rush or scoring all the goals, but you just kind of, you can facilitate things through you. You can just simply move pucks and things like that. And that really helped me um, grow as a player. Did they ever pull you aside and say, Hey, listen, we, we love what you're doing, but like be more confident because in the offensive zone, McCarr is always behind the net. Did you ever get the feeling that they wanted you to do that? Cause that's like, those are tough guys to play with. Yeah. Like it's more so like, you see, sometimes you see plays, but if you're a guy that has, um, has been a call up that year or you're, been in a lineup, things like that. You, you're not always confident to make plays at the offensive blue line, things like that. And yeah. um, I really had to force myself to be able to do that because to play with those guys, it's required. Um, so that, and now I feel comfortable with that. And it's, it's, it really was the transition from me being a, a borderline player to a top four defenseman. Gosh, that's crazy. Love that. <clears throat> uh, who's your celebrity crush? Oh God. I honestly have no idea. Um, Jesus. Um, Margot Robbie, maybe? I don't know. She comes up about 50% of the time we ask that question. Yeah, I think that's like an easy cop-out. I don't know. All right, my last question. I don't think we asked you this last time. If someday a movie was made about your life, what actor would play you? Um, I get this all the time from people that like tweet at me and stuff, that I look like the guy from Peaky Blinders. Like the... Oh, like Murphy. That, that, yeah, like that pale complexion and... Um, I don't know. I get that all the time, so I'll go with him. Love it. John, anymore? Who who would play you, Tim? <laughs> Jalen Hall. I get that all the time, too. You guys <laughs> are so handsome. It's crazy. Uh, it's it's obnoxious how good-looking both of you are. I, uh, I got to say. But anyways, all right, Ryan, thanks for joining us, my friend. This was awesome. I hope you guys take it to Tampa tomorrow. Go get them. And, yeah, we'll be in touch, my friend. Good luck. And, yeah, again, thank you. All right. Thanks a lot. Thanks for having me, guys. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. Have a good one. Cheers. Thanks for listening to Dropping the Gloves with John Scott, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from to never miss an episode.